0: If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw spelled M C G A U T H at five star BDM B for Brand D for Development M for Masters dot com. Now let's begin with our next five star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome. To the Follow Brand Podcast, I am your host, Grant McGall, CEO of Firestar BDM, where we help you to build a Firestar brand that people will follow. Journey With Me is I interview Patricia Goldenweb, former CAO of a $30 billion healthcare enterprise. Her brand qualities include integrity, trust, honesty, knowledge, and expertise in employee relations and operations. Webb has leveraged internal and external relationships to create a culture and a successful work environment. Hope without action is a dream, says Pat Webb. She strives for everyone to get the right exposure and experience to drive the overall mission of the organization. Know the business that you are in and make sure that your skill sets are transferable to any industry that you may pursue is a human resources professional. Patricia Golden is a board-level executive who served as Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer for Chicago-based Common Spirit Health, one of the nation's largest health systems. Common Spirit, the merged entity of Catholic Health Initiatives and Dignity Health, encompasses 800-plus care locations and more than 150,000 employees and $29.2 billion in revenue. Prior to transitioning out of her corporate roles, Webb co led Common Spirits transformation and national integration efforts. She previously served as executive vice president for Catholic Health Initiatives during her nine year tenure with CHI. Webb led the dual functions of administration and human resources, which Encompass the company's entire operations. Additional areas under the her direction also included the company's foundation, marketing, and communications, as well as diversity and inclusion. Webb was one of four senior executives who led the merger and integration between Catholic Health Initiatives and Dignity Health, resulting in the nation's largest nonprofit healthcare system. Common Spirit Health in February, 2019. Webb previously served as the top human resources and administrative officer at UMass Memorial Healthcare and Boston Medical Center, respectively, where she addressed similar challenges, bringing two different healthcare systems together into a single entity. Webb is a uniquely qualified to lead and provide expertise for how to best manage the employer-employee relationship that comprises corporate culture. Pat is particularly adept at implementing effective strategies for attracting, hiring, and retaining talent and how to help the outcome of those strategies, a high-performing workforce completes mission-critical work. Dedicated to serving others through strong customer service. Webb's career has been defined by bringing large, diverse constituencies together to find common values. She has consistently delivered results that have led to cost savings, integrated systems, processes, and organizational design structures that have helped create environments necessary for growth. She has earned an MS in Business and Human Resource Management from the University of North Florida. And... A B.S. Management and Marketing from Florida A&M University. Webb is an active; she's very active, for-profit and nonprofit board member, and currently serves on the Telecare Corporation board, the Leverage Network board, and on the March of Dimes board of Atlanta. She is a former vice and board chair for Centura Health, a multi-billion-dollar regional healthcare system serving Colorado and Kansas. She also previously served as board chair for the CHI Foundation and board member for the Mercy One Health System, which serves Iowa. Webb is also a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives and formerly served as president of the National Association of Health Services Executives, better known as NASI. Let us welcome Patricia Golden Webb to the Fall Brand Podcast, where we are building a five star brand that you can follow. Welcome everyone to the Follow Brand Podcast. I am your host Grant McGall and I'm dedicating this entire month to Black History Month and we're going to have some very successful individuals that we get to showcase in this month that are specific to to health and what they've been able to accomplish in their time as leaders. So we're going to introduce you to Miss Patricia Webb. She has been a leader for a long time. We're going to have a candid conversation about her, her life, her career, and what she finds inspirational. So, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, as you said,
1: I'm Patricia Golden Webb, and I've been a healthcare leader for over forty. Well, I've been had a forty five year career, but majority of that time in healthcare. And I'm excited to be here with you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we met a few years back through the National Association of Health Services Executives. And I've definitely been a fan from afar. You were the leader of that organization. You still are a leader. You are a voice that people tune into because you've been there. You have gone through the fight and that you have been an HR professional and you have seen what it takes to be a leader in the C-suite. So the first question I want to ask you, though, before we get totally into that area, is that why did you choose human resources as a profession?
1: That's a good question. I um, <clears throat> I started off my career in banking and finance and more operational um there in management, the bank operations, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I, at that time, there was an opportunity that came up in HR as an employee relations person. And, you know, I, in the role that I was in in banking operations, I had seen so many scenarios where. I felt it was important to have much better employee relations, both from the leadership perspective as well as just average employee. So I took advantage of that opportunity and got that first role as an employee relations specialist. And um, from that point on, it felt like that was where I wanted to be, um, a people you know, helping the organization to be successful, uh, cultivating cultures and so forth, and making sure the workforce was uh, a place where people could thrive and grow and be successful. So obviously, early on, I didn't know the breadth of how that would go, but surely uh, it that's how I ended up in in human resources in that area. and then, um, when I left, Banking and finance and went into healthcare uh, as a director in the HR space. Um, it just solidified that um, that was what I wanted to do. Um, and it has grown. And obviously in healthcare, I've also been healthcare operations, you know. So I didn't the whole career I didn't necessarily stay in human resources, but it was definitely a foundation. And surely um, is where I think I made the greatest impact.
0: Well, let me ask you this: because you you got to the levels from that beginning that you just talked about to a point where you are the chief administrative officer of a multi-billion-dollar healthcare organization. I mean, that was the largest merger at the time. Maybe still the largest merger between it still is yes, and, and Dignity Health and pulling that all together and making it our work. I mean, you're working with so many different personalities and people are on different tracks and you had to make so many changes. What did you find that you had to leverage most about in your skill sets and your, in your mindset that got you to be successful in that particular uh, merger? In the merger? Yeah. yeah. Um, in the
1: merger, um, I think it was it was really um, what I leveraged the most probably were were two. Well, first of all, relationships. You know, when you're working on that type of scenario, the relationships are so key that you have the relationships of the people you are, your team, and the relationships you can establish with your the people you're trying to come together with. The second thing is integrity. Um, that has been one of the key things that um, I believe my success, because you say what you mean, you mean what you say, and you can be trusted. One, trusted to get the job done, trusted that if we're having a conversation and I commit to what something that I'm going to follow through. So those, those, that's the key, uh, I think. So. Um, it, particularly in that in that scenario with the merge, it was it, to your point. It was the largest merger, still is the largest merger in healthcare um, yet. And being a part of the first the team that brought it together, and secondly, um, being one of the least for to after the merger for the transformation integration, um, and 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 your knowledge. I mean, you know, you you you, you have to bring some knowledge to the table. Uh and, and that was key. So I think those things was really helpful um uh to to being successful, surely in that in that arena. But throughout throughout my career, I, I think knowing how important it is one to get the job done, achieve the goals, perform, and knowing how important it is to have be a team member, a team player. Um, support the team, support each other and have a good team. Your team has to be good, um, has been, has been helpful. Hire, you know, I always would tell my staff, you know, we have all A players and you you, you start off with an A and it's up to you to keep the A. Um, <laughs> so you want a good team and you support them. Um, and then that's, that's, but I think, you know, to to your, your first question, uh, the things that I
0: said are were key to that success. Well, people, I, they believed in you. You, they, they believe you had the integrity to move that ball forward to bring us together. That that's always a hard merger, especially when you're dealing with people you don't know that well, and they don't know you that well. And you have to come together in some very and they make decisions that could be very, very uh, important. And and a lot of change management has to take place. Here's my question. Because you've been, you know, in the diversity, inclusion, and equity world, you also understand that world of, of the you know, civil rights laws. And th- this was something, and I talked to you earlier, and I really, I, I want the audience to understand this, because I, I had difficulty wrapping my head around this, is that in 1964, we had civil rights in the books, meaning it was illegal to discriminate Against people of, of of color or different religion, sexual orientation, and, and the like. But here we are in this day and age, where we're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, as almost if it was something new. Help us understand the difference between that time and what we're going through now, and what we need to do to to move forward. <laughs>
1: You know, we we have to understand how things have evolved. <clears throat> so early on, you know, when we talk about civil rights, we, you can't discriminate against people. And primarily, if you think about it, it was focused on, you have to have, you, you focus on numbers. You, you want to make sure you got this percentage of that and so forth and so on. And now we've invo- evolved to uh, equity and inclusion, et cetera. Because if you think about it, surely you can get, We work hard and and not that, you know, we've made some progress, but as you and I talked earlier, we haven't made the progress we need to, but we have made progress. But what the difference now is, as we think about diversity and inclusion and equity, is about not only do we need to get people have a workforce that is, you know, indicative of the community that the organization is serving, but how do you ensure that within that, that people feel a part of the organization. So that's where the inclusion part comes in. So we had focused that over the years. That had not been a focus that, yeah, we can hire people, but do they stay? Do they feel this is a good place to work? Do they feel they have the opportunity to grow and develop and be their best self? So that's where the focus is now. So we still are still working on how do you increase and ensure that the people are your workforce or your leaders or whatever are diverse. And how do we ensure that we create that culture and environment where they feel that they are part of it and that they can be the best that they can be? And then the whole equity thing, particularly as you look at healthcare care and how, um, which is the field, as you indicate, that I've been in most of my career and how we take care of the folks who come to us to to take care of them? Is there equity in that? And the answer is no, not in all cases. And we see that. And then we have this whole where we were making progress and still are. And now if you look at our environment, you, we, and we're not going to get into politics, but the political scenario where things that would not have been accepted, as okay um, is okay and how can we trust that although as you indicate the laws are on the books but when you go through the court system are you gonna is it gonna be fair are they gonna uphold the laws Um, so so that's the difference now we've made progress but here we are now we have these scenarios that happen in society that impact us and impact where we work and we'll Still fighting for those same things that we have always done, although we still can look to it. I like to look at it as the glass is half full mm-hmm. um, instead of half empty, because I think it helps us to stay hopeful and positive. But hope without any any, any action is a dream. We know that. So we still have to continue to work, work at it.
0: I totally agree. We we definitely have to keep working and moving forward, getting better, and getting the the information and experience. A lot of times it's experience. So it comes around to this next question around experience because we are not always, and I would say we, I'm talking about people of color, different women, different, all these other ethnicities uh, that really were supposed to be protected by this law around civil rights. It's about exposure to C-suite. Um, the C-suite atmosphere. How do you then prepare yourself? If you're in a director role, what do you what are the skill sets that are necessary? And as you move forward from director role to an AVP or possibly an SVP, what is necessary? Different mindset as you get into uh, a chief operations role or a chief human resources role or CAO and, and so forth, or even then where you're on a corporate board. All these are different skill sets that are necessary. I want to talk to our audience about some of these things because they feel like, you know what, I've got my education. I've got my MBA. I've got a number of years of working in a particular department, let's just say, but I'm not feeling like I'm moving forward. But maybe it's a question of, of exposure and experience. What would you say to that? Well, I think it's both
1: exposure and experience um and and you can't get the experience if you don't get the opportunity so we're so that's the key but um you know it goes back to a couple of things one uh, as i said earlier well several things let's put it this so you have to sort of think through and be very intentional about what you want to do and what it takes and then that means you know obviously to your point you get your education and you get the uh, credentials, etc. cetera. And what's next? So what next is first, whatever role you in at that point, make sure that you are doing the job, you're getting the job done. So performance is key, first of all, in whatever role you in. And then secondly, um and this is where we need we as i said earlier when we were talking you it can't just be you no one gets to the next step just by themselves um so it is about exposures it is about having those mentors and those counselors and coaches and and people who will mentor you and and sponsor you and sometimes that's what we uh, particularly people of color we don't have a lot of times Folks who um, are mentored or coached or have a sponsor. So you have to be open to creating those relationships um, that are key both internally to wherever you are as well as external. I can tell you one of the key things that has surely been helpful to me was nasi. I mean, just meeting people, understanding and, and and growing, you know, growing as a leader in nasi. Those same skills that you need to be a leader in those organizations, being members of community boards, all those things are helpful to you. So you have to create broader than I got my education and my credentials. How are you improving yourself as an individual, as a leader? So and I would also say um, I truly believe in. Continuing to develop as a leader, avail yourselves to those opportunities, because at the end of the day, you never stop learning how to be a good leader or a good professional, whatever you and so whatever. I have had an executive coach throughout my career that so that I could become better leader. Um, Everybody doesn't necessarily have to have an executive coach, but it surely is helpful. I have had mentors. That have been helpful. And I've been fortunate to have sponsors. Um, and sponsor what I mean is someone when you are not in the room, they are willing to say, I think Pat Webb is the right person because of X. And they not may not even be the person that needs to hire you, but you need other people to be able to speak to who you are, what you have done, or what you can do. So, so it is a a very intentional process and um. And, you, you you, know, sometimes you have to be in the right place at the right time, too. But you have to take control of, I always say, you are the CEO of your own career. And it's, there are some ups and downs, but you never, you know, you're never out of the game. Um, so that's, that's what I would say, too.
0: This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.FiveStarBDM.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. I love the answers that 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 is good because you do have to take ownership, take ownership, but invest in yourself, invest in yourself, and invest in human capital. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely over over again. Now I to ask you something uh, in your ball game because I first I want to say this and I'm going to say it really loud that I'm very very proud of you. Very thank you. I I think you have an illustrious career in what you've been able to to do. And I and I like that. I'm glad we're having this discussion. So if you had to state your three biggest accomplishments as you look at your your career and you think through that. And as you maybe just power through challenges or you got to that next level and you didn't even think it was you were even in the ballgame, or there's just some things that you actually took took it on. And created a whole new outcome that was a huge accomplishment. What would you say?
1: Wow, that's a that's a great question. I and I don't know if I've thought about it in terms of my top three accomplishments, but you know, <clears throat> one I would say when I left Raleigh, North Carolina, and went to Boston to be the chief HR um officer there, it was in a scenario where um it was a merger. The Boston City Hospital and Boston University Medical School had come together, and there was so much. The the merger it was a marriage that happened that most neither party really wanted, it, but it happened. And it it was a good thing, but they didn't like it. And the big one of the big problems was the unrest of the unions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there. Uh, Boston Medical Center is about 85 90% unionized and so you had unions on both sides of the of that and neither one were happy so it was it was so bad that the my predecessor had been threatened and hung in effigy and all of that so long story short when I got there that was the biggest thing that how are you going to get union peace with these unions and so forth and so on and it was a challenge, but I will say at the end of the day, um, we were able to get union peace to the point that um, when I left there, uh, all the union leaders would come as well as my leadership team, you know, was saying, we we appreciate you. Because it was like everybody was unprofessional, you know, standing on tables yelling, you know, calling each other names. And we just went and said, we're going to be good, about it. we're going to be professional. We're not going to agree, so forth and so on. So we were able to move that and create a work environment um, where um, it's a successful organization. Now, I was there 10 years and I was, I'm proud of what we accomplished, not just in the unions, but just in terms of making that an organization that today you wouldn't even know. And I haven't been there in a, uh, a long time, but at the end of the day, It is uh, one of the best run and one of the most successful mergers in the country, really. So that's one. I think the um, another uh, thing I feel proud about uh, when I went to um, (coughs) Catholic Health Initiatives, um, and we went through a process, you know, having to pull a team together and decided that we were going to move from a um, holding company to an operating company. So, you know, trying to bring it together so that a lot of things had to be centralized, et cetera, still provide some autonomy to, we were in 22 States, you know, um, how do you create some synergy and some connectiveness That we're all on the same team and and, and pulling together the HR leaders so that we function as one, although we were in 22 states and everybody we, you know, we had a CHRO in all those places, obviously, that reported up to me. But still, and we were able to do that and do successful and create those things, whereas, you know, we had to revamp some of the key um, benefits, all kinds of things that impact people every day. And we were able to do it, save millions of dollars um, and everybody felt a part of that process. So that was good. And um, I'm working on that with uh, my leadership team, both the team that reported to me, but working um, with Kevin who was the CEO CEO, and my other um, uh, colleagues on the leadership team And I guess the final one is the one um, the more recent one is when CHI, Catholic Health Initiatives and Dignity Health merged uh, serving as one of the leads on leading that merger and we were successful. Uh, It was a two year process that was a lot of hard work, but being a part of that, bringing that $30 billion organization together Um, successfully and then working on the initial integration and transformation being one of the two leaders to lead that um, and achieve the synergies that we were um, challenged to do by our board um, in the first few years while I was there is the problem the third one that I would talk about. (laughs) So so those are problems. I had to pick Three very challenging scenarios um I would pick those obviously there are others, but I think
0: those were the three that came to mind well those are well those are enormous accomplishments, and just being able because you're working with people and working with people uh, it, it, you know it people are always gonna be unpredictable, oh yes and, and so having that skill set. It, you have to deal with that unpredictability, understanding what the incentives are um, for different individuals and how to to mold them and move them to get the best out of them. They, that That's been remarkable for you. For this last question I want to ask is is, I want you to help those HR professionals that are still in the field that are are at different rungs on the ladder whether they're starting out or they're at the director level, they're a CHRO of a of a hospital, let's say, but it's part of a larger IDN. How, what would you want to say to them that would be some words of encouragement as they move forward in today's world?
1: Well, I would say to them that you, this, I believe that The HR roles, and it's not because I'm biased, (laughs) but because I truly believe it's so key to the success of an organization. How that person can help the organization create and lead, and they can't do it by themselves, but at least create, help create that um, environment for success. Make sure that the culture is one, be the coach and advisor and a counsel to other leaders and other people um, and to really continue to um, avail themselves to opportunities to get, to grow as a leader. Um, And I think they have to lead by example. If you as an HR professional and leader aren't doing what we expect everybody else to do, then it's a challenge. So you have to lead by example. You have to do that. And um, you have to be willing to be bold and hold yourself and others accountable and call it as it is. Um, so you will continue to grow and and, and maintain that integrity, because that is one every leader needs to have. Everybody should have integrity. But as an HR leader, you have to have a high degree of integrity. People are coming to you for your advice and you have to be able to maintain that integrity and hold yourself and others accountable. But um, it's a rewarding, it could be a thankless um, scenario, but you have to be, if, if if you are, if it's some area that you feel is a good area for you. And, and I will tell you, we're learning now, we're seeing now that, um, it, it, there was a time early on in my career when you were in HR, you know, there was the soft skills. Okay, so it's, it was not necessary that you would get to be a COO, CEO, CAO. But I think as time has passed, we've learned that, you know, a, a leader is a leader. Um, an HR leader brings a lot to the table that many other leaders may not have. But you can leave from your HR space to CEO if that's what you want to be. You can leave, go from your HR space to be COO. I was director of operations at one of the hospitals that were. So it is about broadening your perspective. Make sure you understand all aspects. I can sit down with any finance CFO. Well, I started off majoring in accounting and undergrad. So so you have to know the business that you're in. You So know the business, know the business that you're in, whatever. Um, HR is one of those areas that I can go from, or anybody in HR could be a leader in healthcare, in any other industry, because those skill sets are needed across industries. But whatever business you're in, understand the business. And know I would say that to any leader. Understand the business that you're in. Um, you don't have to know how to be the CFO, but you need to understand the numbers um, and what it makes. So
0: that would be some of the advice I would give. Oh, that's great advice. Fantastic advice for, from a career veteran such as yourself. Now I want to ask you, what, what are you doing these days? What's keeping you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm really
1: Good. I'm on several boards, and um, uh, so that's keeping me busy. Uh, Not as busy as it was when I was obviously the C.A.O. of Common Spirit Health, but that keeps me busy. I spend time with family. So we moved to Atlanta from Denver, and both of our adult kids and my my sons, our sons, um, and I do some consulting. Enough. Uh, when, when, when I'm called for that. And um, so spending time giving back, that's what uh, I do and, and talk to good people like you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I seen you were on the, uh, you work with Tony, I believe also on the, on the leverage network. Yeah. I'm
1: on the leverage board. Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's exciting. That, that, you know, really focusing on trying to, Help people be successful in getting on boards is is very important, uh, particularly people who look like us. I'm also working. I'm one of the founders of Elevate, which is um, a group that Kevin Lofton and Eugene Wood um, is their brainchild where we are. uh, We had our first cohort last year. We're in the process of getting a second cohort of black leaders who are already at. The CEO, COO um, role in either a hospital or small regional uh, system, but we are providing just what may be helpful to them when they aspire to be uh, leaders in big healthcare systems such as Common Spirit and Eccentric, et cetera. So we're excited about that. We had some phenomenal. Uh, leaders in our first cohort, and we're looking for this second cohort to be as good. So those are the things that that are important to me, is not just hoping things happen, but helping things to happen um, and helping others to get where they need to be. You talked earlier about, so, you know, what progress have we made, how is it different? Well, what is different is that we have had and do still do have people in key roles and we can make sure that those of us who are in key roles bring in others who look like us and those of us who've been in those roles can share, let's less have a candid conversation. Not that these, these young, these individuals are accomplished people, but this is what it is really like being the CAO of a $30 billion organization. This is what it's really like to be Kevin Lofton and, and sitting here. This is what you have to do in huge mer- mergers and, and acquisitions. Those kind of things so um, so pretty excited about that b- between Elevate and the leverage network and then being on boards and a part of the nominating governing committee so that you sit on the right committee that you can bring others on who look like you. Um, and not that that's the only purpose but surely it makes a difference
0: you are making an incredible difference i i uh, this this is wonderful and i'm glad you brought that up so definitely an audience understands that they can at least you know um, be aware of what's happening what these cohorts are are like and if they would like to be a part of them in in the future i think that that's wonderful and we start maybe building on even, even other models across uh, across the nations because knowledge has to be shared and then we don't have those gaps like we talked about earlier well you know you're missing certain these skills gaps or this mental way of looking at things or the financial modeling all those other things the intangibles that are so important to be a a leader at at the levels that you just talked about so if the audience does need or would like to get in touch with you now what what is the best way
1: the best way is uh uh probably by email um which you know when i when i when i first started people say you you know pat you still have your aol.com my daughter told me this you know my millennial daughter and so i do have a gmail but you know i'm i'm sticking with pgoldenweb at aol.com.
0: <laughs> hey, it still works. So you still get mail. It, it works. <laughs> and, that, and, and that's okay. That is okay. okay. Definitely send her information that is important that you want good information about. She'll direct you in the right right way. And I want to direct your audience if they want to tune into all the episodes at Follow Brand, they can do so at www.5starbdm. And that is B for Brand, D for Development, informasters.com. This has been wonderful, Miss Golden Thank web. you,
1: Grant. I really enjoyed um being a part of this and look forward to seeing you continue to be successful as you are. so
0: thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Pat. You take care
1: all right, take care.